All right, here's the quiz. Are you ready? Question one. Which of those two is the real Christian? Trick question, trick question. They both are. Because you know what? Even when we're having a bad day, even when we're a jerk, God still chose us and he remains faithful even when we're not. Okay? But question two. Which of those two is more likely to have someone listen when they're sharing their faith? So let's just tuck that in our pocket. I don't actually want your answers right now. So that was your quiz. Not so bad, right? School's not that bad, guys. It's wonderful. All right. My next question, though, I will answer for you. And my next question is, do you want to know where you'll find some of the most... Oh, you want to switch that? Okay. I can use my... I won't use my teacher voice. Okay. I'm a, I'm a theater teacher originally, so I can get pretty loud. Um, so anyway, do you want to know where you'll find some of the most unconditional love in the world? You're going to find it at a community school. So if you're late, you've missed your literacy, your numeracy. In fact, lunch is in about 10 minutes. Rolled in that morning. They're not going to shame you, even if inwardly they're cringing because you still can't read and you're in grade three. They're going to say, Oh, we're so glad you're here today. Are you hungry? Do you need a pencil? Come on in. Oh, man, love those socks. You look great today. Schools don't get to choose who walks through the doors, but they choose every day to say, we're so glad you're here. They choose to say, this is where you belong, and they mean it. You're eight, and you're tired and cranky, and your hair is a rat's nest because you've been up, pretty much all month with the new baby because mom is just not getting up because she's dealing with her stuff. And you're yelling at staff and you're running up and down the halls and you're hiding around corners. That staff has got a spray bottle and a brush to do your hair in the morning because they know it still matters to you to feel good. And when they see mom with the new baby, they're going to tell her how awesomely cute that kid is and then they're going to check how her housing's doing and if she needs groceries. That's unconditional love. You've hit and scratched your, these are all true stories, by the way. (laughs) You've hit and scratched your EA so bad that they're actually wearing Kevlar sleeves. And that lady is going to get up the next morning, be at the door to smile, let you in, and advocate like crazy for that mom to get the supports she needs to take better care of that child. And you know what? I don't work at a community school that's quite the same as Albert. And hats off to you guys, because I've had kids that have gone there, and I've known some admin there. And I remember the first year of one of the new administrators there, and he was on his phone all the time because he was checking the police reports because these are his students missing. These are his kids missing. And one of my kids couldn't stay there when she was feeling sick because bed bugs again and lice again. And somewhere in all of that, we still have curriculum and schedules and training and, you know, all those emails that you have to get to, all of those kinds of things. And these admin, they're seeing that. And it's been the first week and a half, and I'm sure they're already spent and exhausted because they're taking whoever comes in the doors and welcoming them with open arms and dealing with all. They don't get to choose what's coming in that school. 
And then when you talk to them and you ask them what's on their heart, they're not talking about we should get paid more and this is garbage. They're saying we are so excited about new pajamas because those kids deserve something that's just for them and not just people's old throw-outs and hand-me-downs. That's what's on their heart right now. And it's unconditional because they know, I know, some of those pajamas are going to be ripped, torn, stained, lost the very next day. And when they do their Christmas hampers and outreaches, there's going to be families mad that it's not the one they really wanted or it's not good enough. And their response is going to be to get up the next day and do it again and welcome those families and welcome those kids. Because just like Jesus, they're faithful even when the people that they're serving aren't. And they will continue because they're not choosing to look at the problems. They're choosing to look at people that just need a chance and that just need someone to see that. So last week, if you did not hear Pastor Brett's message, wow, it was amazing. You need to hear it. But he challenged us and he said, are we loving better than the world is loving? Well, these administrators at Albert Community School, that's our standard. That's our example. <sighs> I watch because I, I deep down, I'm kind of a jerk. <laughs> and I watch this. I really am. Ask my husband. <laughs> Um, but I watch staff do this on the daily, and it challenges me. It really does for how much they love and how much that they're willing to give. And, you know, Pastor Brett was talking about this last week. We sometimes struggle in the church with how to love because we're conflicted. We're conflicted with things that we see as sin. Or are we going to be associated when we're loving these people with all of these things that they're doing? But that's a fear-based mindset. God is love. And 1 John 4.18 says, perfect love casts out all fear. So when we can actually go in, we can have sorrow, we can have our moral stances and our moral lines, but we can't walk in with fear because there's no room to let love breathe. When Love reminds us each person is fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of Jesus. And that's what it's choosing to see is that each one of us has value before God. And 1 Peter 4.8 tells us love overlooks or it covers a multitude of sin. It sees that child's head crawling with lice and it says, come here, here's some treatment. Let's make a phone call. Let's help walk your parents through it. Whew, let's just take these clothes, put them in the wash because I think you need some help right now. It sees the problem, but it's choosing to cover that problem and not shame that problem. It's love. So, with all of that in mind, my encouragement, or my, if I were to give you, like, here's the key to success this year, here's the key to love, it's grace. If it weren't, so again, I have it right here. Pastor Brett's message last week, you, you really need to listen to it. But I've been a um, biological parent for 23 years to five biological children. I've been a foster parent, I believe, seven years to 14 amazing gifts from God, not all at the same time but at different times. Um, I've been a teacher, I don't know, on and off 19 years. I've been, a, I've been a kids pastor for about a decade. I've done all these different things. I've had involvement with seven elementary schools, two high schools, plus the ones I work in. And I'll tell you that it's all hard. Parents, you have a hard job. 
teachers, EAs, anybody that walks in the door of a school, it's hard. Foster parents, adoptive parents, people that are working in kids' ministry, it is hard. And so the last thing that we need is to have other people telling us what we already know. I think everybody wakes up in the morning. Maybe they don't wake up thinking, whew, it's going to be a great day, but they wake up. And we want to do our best. We want to try to be our best person, but some days we suck. There are days that my kids come back home at the end of the day, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you've had that shirt on for three days. How did I not notice this? You took what to school? Oh, that was today? I'm so sorry, guys. My kids will tell you. I've actually, my daughter Alyssa that performed, I've maybe forgotten to pick her up sometimes. I think that was you in preschool, too, that the teacher called. We were having a great nap, me and all the rest of the kids. There are days. There, Cadence is like, Mom, you forgot me, too. I know. I know. And there are days as a teacher that I'm just so spent because that was not mud on that child's leg. True story. And we had to evacuate the class because this kid is, is doing whatever and losing their mind. And you know what? This is what our kids have going on in their classrooms. But the amazing thing about kids is I don't think too many of them go home and say this is what happened because they go, this is just what's going on with this kid. And they have the grace to move on with it. We have this amazing teacher. She just goes, it's three, two, one magic time. The kids pick up books and they go to a different space. They don't even think twice about the kid that's losing their fool mind in the corner. It's amazing. Sorry, I went down that whole thing. But there are days that as a teacher, I'm so spent from that, we're going to watch a funny cat video. And that's just where we're at right now because I can't think straight. So I know the days that I suck. I do. And my self-voice is pretty harsh. And I know that that's not right. But I'll tell you the thing I think most teachers and most parents have going on is, is we're insecure. And we take that criticism very personally. And it, we shouldn't, but the reality is we do. So when someone calls in and says, you did this wrong or what the heck's up with that lesson, that's my identity. And if you really want to hurt me, tell me I'm a bad mom or tell me I'm a crappy teacher. That's going to kill me because I love those kids. But I know there's days I suck. So what I don't need is more of that. What I need is some grace. How many of us could really use another, hey, you've got this. Hey, good job. Hey, you're doing great. I had a new administrator I worked with once, and he shared with the staff how important those words were. And I would always just say, hey, you're doing great. Awesome. And he started weeping because he needed to hear that. But these principals, they're amazing. These, these admin, they're amazing. But don't think that they're not going through a bunch of stuff. And the problem is the teachers can come in all day long and shut a door and, and lose it on them. And that's good. Like, I encourage people, come to me and... And do it, but it doesn't work the other way because someone's got to hold it together. And so they need some grace. They need to hear, wow, you are doing an amazing job. That was incredible. I can't believe that you came back. I thank my staff when they, thanks for coming back, you guys. I, I seriously. <laughs> and I threaten them on a Friday, come back or I will find you. Um, now you know what it's like to work with me. <laughs> Um, but we're on the same team, even if our playbooks are different. And church, honestly, why would we expect 
people in the world to have the same playbook. We're supposed to be the answer, not expect the answers from the schools that are out there. They've said it. They need partnership. The hardworking teachers, they're broken. I am literally talking some of them off the edge after I watch them pour out and do incredible things and say the most amazing things to students, far kinder than me. I will typically, and these young people know, I'll typically be like, that's enough, get back to class. And they're like, hey, I just want it. They humble themselves. They're apologizing to the kid that's in the wrong, walking them back in and still going home feeling like, man, I blew it. How come I can't seem to get through? They're broken. Hardworking parents, we're broken. Some of you are dealing with divorces. Some of you are dealing with special needs children, and it's exhausting. Some of you are dealing with family health problems or money problems. And the last thing you care about is that dumb reading log. Reading's important. But I, I tell you what, <laughs> reading's important, kids who live with me. Um, but honestly, some of that stuff just doesn't matter when you're going to the hospital and dealing with things that you're not ready to share with the whole world, right? It's hard. Students, it's hard to be a student. And it's actually, I think, harder. Because at least as an adult, I get to make some choices. I have power. Kids don't get to decide how much pressure their family's taking on. They don't get to direct what their day at school looks like. They don't have power, but their problems aren't any less. I'll say that to my students. I know you guys. There's little deals. Little deal is where you stand in line. You're all getting to class, I promise you. They don't believe me. But they are. But the big deals, those broken homes, and, and the thing with kids is we don't often stop to just say, hey, we see it, and we acknowledge it, and here's what's going on. We kind of think they're a little bit resilient, and they are to a point, but they're often left in the dark with no power. So it's hard to be a kid, too. So what do we need this year? We need some grace. We need some grace. And some grace on yourself, right? You don't have to make it all perfect and amazing. And one of the things that I have a beef with a little bit is sometimes what we do at Christmas. Sorry, Pastor. I know you love Christmas. <laughs> but you know what? We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to make it perfect. Schools are putting their pressure on themselves to make it magical because some of these kids aren't going home to a single thing. More kids are brought into care at Christmas than any other time because of the pressures going on in their homes. My first year as a teacher, I was going to do a concert, and I had a bunch of teachers that were going to help me. And they helped me by yelling at all the kids, which didn't help all the kids. So I kind of sent them on an errand, and we just took a breath and tried to have some fun with it because we put too much pressure on ourselves. Have some grace. If you don't get to the reading log, you don't get to the reading log. If as a teacher, you don't get to every outcome because you were really busy trying to find that kid a pair of shoes, because even though you've sent notes home, you know. You know the family can't afford it. So we're getting donations, or we're talking a kid down off the ledge after school and making a safety plan. I really wish these were made-up stories. Or that teacher that has that five-year-old saying, can you please tell my mom to take me back? Because he's in a group home right now and walking around saying, I have no mom. Have some grace. You're not going to get to ABCs when you're dealing with that. Right? So these are our real things. Have some grace. We don't have to change a system all at once. So that's our encouragement. You just need to show up where you are 
and love. Because, here's some scripture, you don't overcome evil by evil, you overcome evil with good. Romans 12, 21. Because it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. Romans 2, 4. And because we're sin abounded, where all those things, sin is just missing the mark. Even where kids and families are missing the mark of how God designed them to be working. That's sin. It's not seeing God's perfect plan. Well, where sin abounds, grace abounds so much more. Romans 5.20. When I send my kids out or I go out into schools, and I'm not perfect at this, but I remember that my God is bigger than any problem out there, that heaven has, literally has an answer for every problem. But I need to access that from heaven and not out of myself. And the God that's in me is just as big as the God in my kids. There's no difference in that Holy Spirit. And so I can go with my family as a team out into that world knowing we can make a difference. And we don't have to be afraid. God's going to give us the grace for where we need to be. And I can seek to bless and pray for the prosperity of the place I've been planted in. That comes out of Jeremiah 29.7. I have things I'm opposed to in schools, for sure. I was one of those moms. Still am, just I'm too busy to even care about what they're learning sometimes. <laughs> but you know what? I was the mom that, we're not into Halloween. We don't celebrate it. We don't do yoga. I have some, we don't, we're not big on Christmas. Sorry again, pastor, not making eye contact. <laughs> but you know what? I realized I'm not going in. The last thing a teacher needs is for me to go in and be like, that pagan witch that's trying to indoctrinate my kids and take them away from me. That is not what's going on. Principal meetings have nothing to do with how we're going to turn your children. It's how are we going to get the families in? How are we going to partnership? That's, that's what's going on in schools. It is. But instead of doing that, I could go in and we chose as families to say, how do we love those teachers? How do we thank them? How do we say, man, that lesson you did, or thanks for that, or well done, or good job, so that when I had a problem or a concern, I could go with humility and say, hey, could you help me? Because we don't, we don't practice this in our home. Is there an alternative for my child? I'm not going to direct their practice. I need to honor them to do their jobs and not judge that they're uncaring, evil people. They're not. I'm going to go in and choose to believe the best about that child of God that's got my children. And thank them, because that child of God has got my children. I love my children. They're amazing. But they're also working hard to love my children. And, you know, when we came in with that, like I said, I have 23 years of parenting experience. It's amazing the results you get, because teachers would actually contact me at the start of the year and go, hey, we know about this. I kind of wondered if there was a poster of me in the staff room sometimes, like this woman. Um, but we could talk. And so after about six years of a relationship with my kid's kindergarten teacher, because she kept getting Howard's, there's a lot of us, the parent-teacher conference was her breaking down in tears, sharing something going on in her life and letting me pray. That when I went in to meet with the principal in a Catholic school, my, some of my kids went to Catholic school, and you have to sign a little form to say, hey, I'm not going to mess up your teaching of the Catholic practices. I'm not going to be opposed to this. But I could say to the principal, I just don't understand the praying to Mary thing. And we had a conversation. And in the same conversation, she goes, but hey, enough of that. Could you bring your team in? I know you guys kind of, like, you're a pastor. Could you bring your team in and do one of our liturgies for the whole school? 
And I literally was invited in, despite the fact I just shared massive differences in my faith with her, to preach to the entire school and give the message of Jesus. But that wouldn't happen if I wasn't willing to sit and talk to this person and honor her as an administrator. And when I disagree to go, can you tell me why? Can you tell me this approach? Not to tell her this approach is wrong, right? Or to come in and go, hey, I understand we're in a season of Black Lives Matter, and they do, but when you're reading this book where the police are really bad, and my kids come from a space where they have trauma around that, can we maybe bring in the other side too? That's a lot different than what kind of garbage are you teaching my child, right? Honoring that those teachers have the same end game to love my kids. Their playbook just looks different. Sometimes the field looks different. They're in like WrestleMania 4, and I think we're playing chess. If you haven't been in a school lately, whoo. I shouldn't say that. You know what? I, like the, I work in a community school. We have hard needs. But we also have amazing staff that my kids kindergartens, lips and hips quiet down the hall because they know they're safe, they know they're loved, they know that wherever they turn, there's a smiling adult that's going to ask them what they need. That's the kind of love and grace happening in a school. It's amazing, you guys. Okay, I'm all over the map with some of this. Um, but I just wanted to encourage you with that, that the church, the church has a place. We need the church to show up. During COVID, I had just, I was a brand new administrator in a community school. I'd never been a vice principal before, however many months in, COVID. And we had families that we, we provided lunch. We gave them food on the weekends. We were sending them home with the granola bars every day. Like families where actually, to be honest, I was out shopping for extra groceries and my principal would be like, what did you just buy? Because I couldn't handle these families not having food. And there are some of these families that are spent. They're taking in every family member they can because those kids should be with family, but they're already overwhelmed. They don't need me pointing a finger and saying, you're doing a crappy job. How come they didn't get here till 10? They need groceries. And so when school shut down, we had like a day and we're going, oh my gosh, like we, how are these people going to get fed? I called friends of mine, Andy and Stella, and they ran actually a North Central um, food ministry. And I said, I'm really stressed. Like, we need some food to send home with families today. We have no idea what's happening. Within hours, their truck pulled up in front of our school, filled. Our guidance counselor couldn't stop crying. Was that, how? That's the response for the church. And for me to call Andy and Stella later that year, and they just kept providing hampers. The Bible camp I work at was like, I'm sharing my heart with them. And they're like, well, we'll make a donation. Get these families hampers. They, they, the church organized bread for us to have weekly to give out. And even the Salvation Army, they did food trucks. And I heard about them doing food trucks at some other school, so I sent them a quick email and was like, well, my kids don't have food. Could we get a food truck? Within a week, they said, yeah, this community needs it, and we're going to be there for anyone in the community. They get a lunch every single day during COVID, all through the summer. That's the church. That's where we have a place and a voice because then when we can communicate, we can say, hey, we can help you with this piece. We can help these kids with belonging. We're going to partner with you and we're going to give you grace because we know your job is hard. And it works both ways, guys. Teachers too, right? I'm often saying to my staff, we can't judge those families. You don't know what they're walking. 
in this room, we can say, well, look at all of us. We're all doing well. We're all, we all got to church today. You don't know what's going on in people's lives, even when you know them really, really well. There are things going on. Let's give some grace to each other. It's our job to expect the unexpected and bring heaven to earth, to bring blessings to our communities. And guys, there'll be fruit, but it may not always be direct. This summer, we baptized about 36 young people at our camp, and two of them were students. Two of them were students. Now, I didn't, like, grab them out of my school, but when they came, they already had a relationship with me to go, that's a safe lady, and we can trust what she's saying. There was fruit there. A school doesn't turn away a single child, even if they haven't bathed in a week and no one's changed that urine-soaked sheets. Schools don't look away, they love. And that's our calling, too. And guys, this isn't to condemn. Both of those young ladies on the, in the cars, they're Christian and God loves us, even when we're having a crappy day, because he gives us grace. But that's our challenge, is to keep doing it. We have a holy calling, which is to love. Our calling isn't to save people. That's God's job. But our calling is to access the grace of heaven to love people. So I wanted to just end with a quick clip. Um, it's from The Greatest Showman, which is a really wonderful movie if you've never seen it. My husband will tell you I have a slight crush on Hugh Jackman, which might be true. <laughs> Did you just say it might be true? Yes, it's true. Um, but this is really, it's a really neat one. Because Hugh Jackman's character goes out and he starts to bring in the unlovable. It starts to bring in the people that are broken and hurting. And really at the start, it's selfish. It's for him to put on a show. So guys, God can handle our motives. God can handle when we're fumbling through it. He is not scared of us. He is not scared of anything that's out there. He's not scared of people that are following a different religion, that are caught up in addictions, that are, that are struggling in it. That doesn't scare God. And if we can go to him and we can say to him, God, show me what you're seeing. I promise you, he will break your heart and show you. And then in all those broken pieces, he will give you grace to love the people around you. But in this clip, he's gone out and he's, he started this circus, circus with people. And he's showcasing their oddities and celebrating their oddities. And then he starts to get lured away by things he thinks should be more sophisticated. Or he doesn't want to be associated with these people. It's okay in this area. I love that these guys were talking about a hand up, not a handout. Right? So in his brain, it was like, well, I'm, I'm giving a handout to these people, but that's not who I am. There's still a barrier. And if that's our mindset, we're going to struggle. So anyway, I won't ruin the movie for you. Watch the movie. Um, all this crazy stuff happens, and this is kind of the end scene, and it's a repentance, where he's kind of going, ugh, my eyes were on the wrong thing, and I need to come back. But what strikes me the most isn't Hugh Jackman's song, it's the refrain, because everybody starts singing, and we will come back home, or and they will come back home. And if we could just have grace and look at people in love, not the problems, but the people, they will come. They will come back home. Daddy wants his kids to come back home. And all we have to do is just love them. So I want to encourage you on that. Um, watch this video clip. I know if you're online, you won't see it. Just Google it, Greatest Showman, from now on. 
Um, and then we'll just, we'll just wrap up with some prayer at the end, if that's okay. All right, if we don't mind playing that.